Well, good morning. Many blessings, everyone. It is Writer for God. I do pray that you are well. And I'm going to bring you the second half now of the uh, study that we were doing on the gift or gifts of God. What are they? And um, remember, they're not to be confused with the gifts of Holy Spirit. We're speaking about the gift or gifts of God. So I wanted to expound a little bit uh, what we were talking about with the Apostle Paul here on the second half of the gift or gifts of God. Before I get into that, I just wanted to say that today marks the last day of our Daniel fast. Woo, we made it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Had no doubt that we would. Um, I wanted to let you know that we have had many answered prayers during this time, even though that's not what we went into the Daniel fast doing. We went into the Daniel fast with repentance and prayer and seeking uh, forgiveness for our sins uh, individually and as a nation, just as Daniel prayed. But during this time, we've had many uh, answered answers to prayer, and I want to do a little a mini segment on that about the prayers that have been answered during this Daniel fast. So if you do have uh, a prayer that was answered for you during the Daniel fast, please do click on the message button right there on the podcast and uh, send me a short, brief uh, message about your the answer to your prayer, and I will play it along with the other ones. And when I put the segment together on our answered prayer, it's going to be so you know it is important that we share those things that God does for us because that is a testimony to the power that worketh in and through our God. Amen. And so do share that with us if you would please. Now we're going to go on with the part two of the gift or gifts of God. Now, as I said before, I just want to expound a little bit on what we talked about, you know, the Apostle Paul's message to the Roman church, uh, to the church which was converts, a mixture of Jewish believers and uh, Gentile believers, remember? Okay, so I want to read to you, uh, let's read Romans chapter 12, and I want to read verses 1 and 2, because I want to show you how... Something is very important here that sometimes we forget um, in our, you know, Christianity. And sometimes we get puffed up, you know. So let's just look at something here. All right, go to Romans. If you have your Bible, go to Romans chapter 12. Let's read verses 1 through 3. And we see this is the Apostle Paul. And he's admonishing the body there to present their bodies a living sacrifice to God. And why? Because just like today, there were so many things going on during that time that shouldn't have been going on. They were infiltrated in the church. There were things being sacrificed to idols. There was all kind of stuff going on that was being going on in the world that shouldn't have been happening in the church. So Paul is uh, asking them to present their bodies a living sacrifice to God. And so something we need to do as well. So he says, and so dear brothers and sisters. So this tells you right here, he's not talking to the world. No, he's speaking to believers. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. See, there was all kinds of things going on, sexual immorality, all kinds of things going on that shouldn't have been going on in the body of believers. He says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, that is your body, the kind that he that is God will find acceptable. Okay? For there was all kinds of sacrifices being made uh, at this time that was not acceptable to Elohim, that is creator. He says, this is truly the way to worship him. 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Oh, Lord, are we guilty of that in the church today, of copying the customs of the world and bringing it in to the church? That is a no-no. Should not be. He says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect, because God's will is always good and pleasing and perfect. And remember, we said that you have to be transformed. What? You have to be renewed in your mind. You have to be transformed. You have to be born again, right? In verse 3, he says, Because of the privilege and authority that God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. In other words, don't think you're all that in a bag of chips because you're really not. Don't be haughty. Don't be high and mighty. Get off your high horse. You know, come down here to the level that we all are on. We're all learning. We're all in the stage of being um, born again. You can be born again, but you have to be renewed. Your mind has to be renewed, right? So, in other words, the Apostle Paul is giving us some very important stuff here. He's saying to... Present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. In other words, don't do those things that you did when you were in the world. Don't bring them into the church. You know, don't act them out into the church. You know, stop all that foolishness. God's not accepting it. He's not pleased with it. And he does not like that behavior. And so we need to, you know, change our stinking thinking, right? So, humility is important in Yah's eyes. Remember that Yeshua said, the meek shall inherit the earth, right? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. And I want to make an interesting notation here about that word meek. The Greek word is preos, and it means mild or gentle. So somebody who is meek is mild or gentle. But it in no way suggests weakness. No, no. But listen to this. The word meekness in the Greek sense means strength under control. Wow. Woo, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I have needed that strength to have control of myself many, many times. And it only comes, beloved, through the Word of God that gets in you, works through you, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, we cannot do it on our own and in our own strength because we don't have it in us to do. So we have to be there again, renewed, right? We need meekness. We need to have strength under control. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, that saving faith is a gift. Because why? It is by grace that we have been saved through faith. And that not of ourselves. For what? It is the gift of God. So the faith to be saved, we can't even boast about that because we didn't do it. <laughs> we haven't done anything. God done it all for us. See, it's not of works 
so that no one can boast. See, God did it that way because so no man can boast. In other words, we can't work enough in the kingdom of God. You can't be good enough. You can't be a good enough person. You can't be to merit salvation. You can't work enough in the kingdom of God to get salvation. No, no. God set it up that way so that no man would get his glory. You see, faith is a gift from God so that no one can boast. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, as we just said, as we just read, the Apostle Paul says that so that we will not think too highly of ourselves. You know, beloved, a telltale sign of pride, and we find this in many religions, is that belief that we are the originators of our own faith. Now, beloved, that is a lie from the pit of hell. That only comes from the father of lies. Yep, that old serpent, the adversary, or we know him as Satan. Paul knew that the abundant grace of Adonai Elohim was the source of his own faith. For he said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, here's Paul's confession. He says that I was formerly a blasphemer. In other words, he was mocking God, the creator Elohim. He said, I was a persecutor and a violent aggressor. And he was a very violent aggressor. He said, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorant, ignorantly in unbelief. See, he didn't know any better. But the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love which are in Yeshua HaMashiach, that is Christ Jesus. For remember, he was an unbeliever. But the grace overtook him, overflowed him with faith. Remember that Paul was to suffer many things for the sake of the kingdom. And that is exactly what Yeshua said to Ananias. Remember Ananias said, Who? What? I, I don't want to go to this man. No, 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 no. I've heard what he's done to believers. Yet Yeshua said, Go and lay hands on him so that he may receive his sight. Right? Remember? And what did Yeshua say? He said that go and lay hands on him so that he may receive his sight. He said, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So in no way here is the Apostle Paul in for a picnic. No way. <laughs> As a matter of truth, we find that the great Apostle Paul suffered very much for the kingdom of God. You remember that he... Was He made believers suffer very much as well. So, remember too, that God says that sinful deeds do not go unpunished, right? Um, we can be forgiven, yes. He does forgive us with repentance, true repentance. Absolutely. But, the consequences of that sin do not go away. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse um, 23. And it says, For he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong which he has done, and that without partiality. In other words, God is not partial. Sin is sin. There are consequences 
of wrongdoing. Okay? In Matthew in chapter 16, verse 27, we see Yeshua. He's talking to his disciples. He's about to go. He says, For the Son of Man will come again with his Father's glory and with his angels, and then he will repay each one according to what he has done. Okay? So remember, you know, there are consequences to our actions. So the Apostle Paul here knew exactly what he was talking about. Amen? And if you read through the life of Paul, you will understand that he suffered greatly for the kingdom of God. You see, the call of God that is irrevocable is repentance unto salvation through repentance and obedience to his commands. Remember, you cannot please God and not obey him. We cannot say that we love God and not obey Him. In other words, we cannot stand in the in the congregation singing hallelujah and I love you, Father, and I'm going to listen to you and obey you and follow your ways and then not obey what He says. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 4, it says that He who professes to know Him, that is God, and yet does not obey His commands is a liar. Ouch! And the truth has no place in His heart. Beloved, we have to obey God's commands. Yeshua did not do away with the command of God. The truth is not in the person if they say they know God, but they do not do His commands. In Acts chapter 17, verse 30, we see, we find here, Therefore, Having overlooked the times of ignorance. See, you remember times and seasons? Okay. God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. For what? Lawlessness. And what do we discover is lawlessness? It's not obeying God's commands. If you want to know what the commands are, look at the Ten Commandments. You know, we've taken them out of everything. If you can't find them anymore, you still have your Bible. Go look for them. Find the commandments of God. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 4 says, To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. You see, God's gifts are for redemption, salvation, and restoration. Not so that we can boast, but so that the lost soul is restored back to its creator. Because God is is the lover of our soul, remember? Oh man, he's the only one who loves our soul. So beloved, I do pray that you have heard this call and that you have accepted the call of God to repentance because we know that we must repent, we must come to full repentance in order to be accepted into God's, God's kingdom. And remember, that God is a God of unconditional love. He absolutely is. He will take you just as you are. He takes us just as we are when we come to Him. But remember, He is not a God of unconditional acceptance. Remember, we, we discovered that, right? In other words, you must be sincere and you must be born again. In other words, we have to be transformed. We have to be transformed in our mind. We have to have the stinking thinking of the world removed off of us. And no, it, it is a process. 
Isaiah chapter 45, verse 22 says, Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. Oh man, there is no other God. Adonai Elohim, he is it, the creator, judge of all. Okay, I do pray that you have heard the call of our creator to return to him. And I pray that we all have the strength to stand in the evil day. And we will see the Son of Man coming back in all of His glory and His power. Amen. So I do pray that you have enjoyed uh, this part two on the gift or gifts of God. And I invite you to join me when we take a look at the gifts of Holy Spirit coming up very soon. I will let you know when that is. So remember to send in your... Uh, prayers that have been answered and as always if you have any questions and or comments feel free to click on the message link right there on the podcast send me a quick message one minute or less i will listen to it and i will respond so until next time many blessings to you and shalom